He said mm. that soil without biology is geology. You're supposed to have life in there. So by telling people to use harsh chemical uh, fertilizers, I was part of the problem. And I heard this saying is be the solution, not be the problem. Welcome to Home Green Homes podcast. I am Izumi Tanaka, a green home advisor and a green realtor. Here I invite a variety of experts in the world of green homes and have conversations about how we can all live in healthy, resilient, and efficient homes. My guests provide insight in a wide range of topics from designing, building, Living in green homes, purchasing or financing green homes and improvements to how we can live to reduce the negative environmental impact from the way we live. My goal is to inspire and inform you about how we can make a difference in our own lives and our environment. Hello, everyone. This is Izumi Tanaka with Home Green Homes podcast. Today, I have a guest, Dane Shota, and he is an arborist and horticulturalist, but he has a very uh, special presentation that he's going to share with us. But first, I'm going to ask Dane about who he is and, uh, and how he got to where he, he is today. So Dane, if, uh, thank you so much, first of all, for uh, spending your time with, with us today. And if you can tell me about who you are and, and what you do, Okay, well, I was born in Hawaii and I was transplanted from Hawaii, but I was brought in when I was a baby. So I'd, I'm pretty much born in California. <laughs> and I was really into plants in high school and got into, went to Cal Poly Pomona, graduated there and they taught me what they taught me. And then a lot of the stuff that I learned was afterwards. I went into house plants, went into actually selling trees in California. And I was there for about 20 and a half years. I really thought it was pretty interesting on people selling houses though. That was a large ticket item. And I really looked up to uh, real estate agents. And then later on, I got my, my real estate license and then I got my broker's license. And here we are. I, I help the landscape professionals and nursery guys on selling either a farm or nursery or, or homes for these people. And, well, you'll see on the presentation how I, I got to the rest. So my presentation is rainwater-only landscapes. We're using living soil, consulting arborist, and I'm a horticulturalist, graduated Cal Poly Pomona. I'm also a certified water auditor. Okay, mm. I know what- Can no you tell me what that is? Uh, can you okay. tell me what a certified water editor, auditor, auditor. do? Mm -hmm. So what we do is we audit the irrigation after the model water efficiency landscape ordinance, mm -hmm. which is the state mandated ordinance. And I'll go over that in a longer presentation. Mm -hmm. However, there's an audit that's needed after you install your landscape under state ordinance. Mm -hmm. State meaning California. California, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. okay. And Thank I you. actually was the speaker for that ordinance. It, we call it for short, MWILO. So some of your professionals will, will say that. Uh, and I taught this, the soils and the plant part of it for the introduction for that for the landscape professionals. I see. We're in a drought in California. 
and we've had a drought before. And the, the saying before is the, the new green is brown, but the new green does not have to be brown. Hmm. However, Xeriscape, me before, really didn't interest me because what was highlighted was cactus. Hmm. And that was just not my style. However, if you do like cactus, then go for it. However, this is what I came up with. I came up with a landscape <clears throat> that attracts bees, butterflies, and hummingbirds. People like color. So I brought in a colorful landscape. Mm -hmm. I propagated everything except for two plants, which was the salvia, which is the one on, on the, the right over here, mm -hmm. and this desert museum. And this was actually built for my father-in-law in, -law in the late 2016. In 2017, I put in the landscape. Mm -hmm. And uh, 2018 and on, I didn't irrigate. So we irrigated this for one year. And I mm -hmm. recommend that you irrigate your plants to, to make living soil for, for one year and then cut mm -hmm. it off. The only plant that I have that is native is this one. The mm -hmm. common name is called the butterfly weed. It attracts mm -hmm. butterflies. Mm -hmm. I went to another seminar that gave me the idea of this rainwater only concept. And they said these succulents won't live in rainwater only. However, they weren't working with living soil. Uh. This is living soil. This is plants that I had in here when I actually bought my property in Huntington Beach. It's been here. Mm -hmm. I, I bought my property in 98. And we can see that this is already established plants. And if I choose to do rainwater only, make it living soil, I can go rainwater only. So even established plants that are drought tolerant, you could change that into living soil and go rainwater only. You may not have to go and change out all your plants. How did we kill our soil? Mm -hmm. We know that soil compaction is the most common limiting factor in trees growing in urban soils. According to Steve Batchelor and Molly Batchelor, this is in our Western Arborist uh, booklet um, that comes to us, newsletter. What I use is AMS tools. These, this is good quality tools. I went to a group of gardeners, a gardener's association, and I thought I was gonna teach them something. So I, I said, who has one of these soil probes? And to my dismay, they all raised their hands. They, they <laughs> have this soil probe. And I go, oh my gosh, how did you know about this? They said, John Kabashima, who is an ag advisor, says that mm. you have no business being in this business without the soil probe. We can see how dense the soil is, how hard the soil is by putting this in. We could see how much moisture there is by using this probe. And I went to a job site in Yerba Linda. This landscaper brought me all around the place because I'm charging by the hour. And he's getting me into different places that he's having problems with. And one of them was Yerba Linda, and it was sandy soil in that area. So I, I went down and I used that soil probe, and I went down and we could feel uh, about two feet. We could feel this boom, and this the soil actually shook underneath our feet. Wow. And I said, what do you think this is? And he says, uh, maybe it's a rock. So I got my soil probe. And this is uh, something that's probably about $500 today with a case. It's a mm -hmm. three inch stainless steel bucket auger. This is how you uh, are able to use 
to go down and, and retrieve soil samples mm -hmm. and not contaminate it. Stainless steel bucket auger and about a four foot shaft and a ratchet handle. And I'm able to core out that same hole, that little hole that I, I went through and, and it was all sand. And he said, how could that be? And I said, have you ever heard of sandstone? He says, yes. I said, you can compact sand so hard that it becomes stone. Then he understood. How can you get roots to go through sandstone? You cannot go rainwater only unless you soften up your soil. What we need is roots. And for some reason, humans, animals, and plant roots, we like water and oxygen. Mm -hmm. If you don't have one of those two, life does not go there. So these, it's hard soil and the roots are coming up to the top. Soil science rules is that you can't bring down the pH for a long period of time. It will go back to what it was before. It's called buffering mm -hmm. capacity. Mm -hmm. This is traditional soil science rules and mm -hmm. heavy metals cannot be moved. Mm -hmm. Heavy metals, if it becomes, accumulates, it can be toxic. Mm -hmm. If it's too much heavy metals, it, microbes will not live. They put copper in marine paint to keep algae from growing on the bottom of the boats. Yeah, algae is alive. Phosphorus cannot be moved through the soil profile. Phosphorus is involved with making roots grow and flowers to pop out. What if we mm -hmm. can change this? Yeah, we can with living soil. For, there's something called prescription fertilizer. This is where we take soil tests. Mm. The concept is you put in what your soil is lacking in and leave out what your soil is abundant of. It really makes sense. But too much of one element will keep another element from coming up into the plant. However, so I'm telling people to, to do soil testing. However, O'Dale, the founder of Organic Gardening Magazine, saw the relationship between harsh chemical fertilizers killing the microbes back in the mid-1940s. Mm. He believed in healthy soils equals healthy plants equals healthy animals equals healthy people. And I was reading this, you know, uh, a while back, but way past when I was graduating, and I'm thinking, where did I miss this? This Gabe Brown, I watched him recently because he has uh, a webinar that's called uh, Regenerative Agriculture. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in this group now, it's Regenerative Real Estate. And I wanted to know more about what the word regenerative is. It means making new. And he had some dead soil and he made it new. But he said mm -hmm. that soil without biology is geology. You're supposed to have life in there. So by telling people to use harsh chemical uh, fertilizers, I was part of the problem. And I heard this saying is be the solution, not be the problem. I'm gonna talk to you about harsh chemical fertilizers versus control release fertilizers. This is harsh chemical fertilizers. This is released really fast. Have you ever mm -hmm. used this fertilizer? It's pretty exciting. If you do have some microbes in the soil, you throw this on and your maybe lawn would just green up so fast, Ooh, like that, it's, it's like magic. And, but you keep on doing this and eventually your soil dies and then you don't get that reaction anymore. You killed mm. all the microbes. Mm. This is an, this is actually control release fertilizers. Fertilizers mm -hmm. that's released very slowly. And it's actually shown that control release fertilizer will actually feed the microbes. 
Okay, the one on the right is a one-year fertilizer that actually has a lot of microbes in here. Mm. After you get your soil all fixed, this is something that you could keep it going. Mm. And it has more microbes that you can find than what you can find on the nursery shelf. Rules, rules of permaculture. Masanobu Fukuoka, he came up with this no tilling and no digging. He, it was like a, a no do farm, do, do nothing farming. He was actually able to grow rice without that much water, which I thought was pretty interesting because yeah. we need a lot of water today mm -hmm. to grow rice. Yes. And the, this happened, he said this after the Dust Bowl and why we couldn't come up with this here in the US of no tilling, I, I don't understand. Why did this guy way in the other part of the world have to come up with the no tilling part? When in the 1930s, we had a lot of people that died in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until this dust went all the way to New York City, the, the politicians said, we have to do something about that. And then they taught him how not to till as much. But according, well, Gabe Brown, we, he said that in Eastern Europe, we had this happen in 2014. We still haven't learned. We're still tilling. We're still screwing up our microbes. Okay. Our, when you till, you disturb your microbes, your earthworms, your life in the soil. This is some healthy soil in the forest on mm -hmm. the left. And on the right, this is soil that was tilled right next to it. And you could see the texture has changed. It's dead. This is dead soil. We can till the soil until it's dead. Well, this is, this is soil. Roots have a hard time getting into the soil on the right. There's not that much airspace, but the soil on the left, there is. So we have a lot of microbes on the one on the left and very little on the one on the right. We need to stop tilling now. It's not how much you make that counts, it's how much you keep. They even say this about uh, finances, right? Mm -hmm. But this is for soil. So when it rains, it's not how much you make, how much it rains, it's how much mm -hmm. you keep, how much mm -hmm. you can hold on to that rainwater. If the rain comes into your soil, you're holding on to all that moisture. Everything goes into that soil. If it doesn't, it goes around the soil and goes to the side. It goes into our storm drains. Right. Okay. We do not have watersheds anymore. Mm. Our watersheds are just gone and watersheds help sink carbon. We need to find out how to create living soil. It's really easy to kill it, but how do we fix it? This is a good book, a good reference book that I found. Mm -hmm. And it's a fascinating book, Teeming with Microbes. The first quarter was so fascinating, it was hard to uh, put down. And it talks about a soil uh, food web. We used to have animals before. In fact, if you're watching this webinar and you do see some deer in front of your house and you're not irrigating, this may not be the webinar for you. But for urban areas, we don't see animals around mm. the neighborhood. And we're supposed to have this food web where everything's eating each other. It's life, it's the food web. And uh, microbes will actually live. 
we have so much nitrogen in the air. Why do we want to go and, and buy fertilizer? It's mm. free. Nitrogen's free. <laughs> We've got legumes that could bring into the soil nitrogen. We've got mm -hmm. nitrogen fixing bacteria. It takes it out of the air and brings it into the ground. So we just need healthy soil. We need living soil. We need living soil that has enough population. Bonnie Bassler was talking at TED Talks, and she said that this Hawaiian bobtail squid will go out and, well, it'll actually in the daytime, it releases bacteria. And in the evening, it starts to bring in all the bacteria inside it. And it's able with this bacteria to make itself glow. It's like a Harry Potter cloak. <laughs> it actually goes out and then the moonshine would come and the predators can't see it. Mm. Okay. So, but you need to have enough concentration to be able to get quorum sensing, the ability for the microbes to interact with each other and bring up nutrients to the plants and also be able to fight plant pathogens. Also to aggregate the soil. The microbes, especially bacteria, they're able to aggregate soil particles, pull it in, and now water and oxygen can go around the soil. And roots can go inside the soil now. It's got oxygen. So by telling people to use harsh chemical fertilizers, I was part of the problem. That saying, be the solution, not the problem. Now I feel it that I have to go and tell everybody, we need to fix the situation. We need to make living soil. Jerry White was one of my clients, uh, customers that I sold trees to in the past. And I was telling him that I was uh, selling properties and whatnot. And he told me what he did. He made this product that actually fixes soil and he uses it uh, with biology. He graduated in microbiology at Stanford. He's a third generation nurseryman. There's three generations in that nursery. Mm -hmm. and. He to be able to have that passion to create something to fix soil. I'm going to do this demonstration for you. This is the groundbreaker. It's a soil penetrant. Now, soil penetrants do not work on all soils. They work on either chemically bound or physically bound soils. Jerry White made one, this one right here, that works on all soils. So it works on every different type of soil. So this is a waterproof barrier, and this is just water. As you can see, this is a waterproof barrier. Mm -hmm. And this is some soil penetrant here. Oh, wow. And you can see it's it's going right through this barrier. Mm -hmm. okay. Some people are asking, how do you get your soil to drain if you can't till? I just proved it. So this is, a, this is the first part of it. It's called a soil penetrant. So you just spray this down and water in. Now, obviously, that was not soil. Mm -hmm. However, it works on soil. We, we need to have... Um, microbes and organic matter. Right. So this makes our home where it's a drainage system where it goes right into the storm drain, an infiltration system. 
so we can actually hold on to the moisture instead mm -hmm. of running off and going into the storm drains. Okay, mm -hmm. we need to get our soils to drain. So this is what Jerry made was this garden max, which it has microbes. It's registered as a fertilizer to be able to say it has nutrients in this for six years. I see. Okay, so we let's look at this. It softens hard soil and heavy clay. It aggregates the soil particles. Some people might say, but I have sandy soil. What does that do for me? Well, it does the same thing. It aggregates the soil particles. It brings it in so now water can be held inside that soil as compared to not being aggregated. And this builds strong roots. The main thing with rainwater only landscapes is you need roots, <laughs> lots of roots. It needs to be deep mm -hmm. and it corrects the pH. Okay, so let's say, I would say, how does it correct the pH? Let's say if it's, it brings it more towards uh, neutral. If it goes too high, a bacteria will bring it down. If it goes too low, another bacteria will bring it up. It regulates the pH, as in conventional soil science. You can't do that. That's what I, I brought up. And also, we can move heavy metals now. It's easy to apply, no digging. Now, this took me one month to get over this because I'm really old school. <laughs> I learned to dig. I learned to till. In junior high, we took gardening and we grew vegetables and we made rows, we dug. That's what was ingrained into my head. You can get a Phillips screwdriver or one of those soil probes. You could stab the soil. And by the days, you could feel it loosening up. The warmer the weather is, the faster it works. In Las Vegas, it's almost like overnight. It's the micro population just booms, but it gets when it gets hot. And it's pet safe, earth safe. Oh, when the microbes die, it retains that the nutrients. So even if the microbe dies, it gets held into the soil. It doesn't go into the water, our groundwater, lakes and streams. It gets held into the soil. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's got more. 10 times more microbes than you can find on the nursery shelf. And the average landscaper says uh, it's about 40% water savings on normal plants. The nitrogen is very little, like 1%, 1% phosphorus, 0.5% uh, potash. If the nitrogen is too high, it affects the shoot to root to shoot ratio. If the nitrogen is high, it makes more shoots and less roots. What we need is more roots Forget about the shoots. We need roots. We need to grow roots to go rainwater only. Forget about the top. The top will come. We need to grow roots. And these are all microbes. Mycorrhizae, yeah. that's, that's a uh, fungus and two different types and then mm -hmm. beneficial bacteria. It's proprietary, so there's actually more than this. Now, Dane, we both live in Southern California where we are ex experiencing severe drought, obviously. Yeah. But does this uh, apply to other areas in the U.S. or even the world where, uh, you know, where they're not having any water issues in terms of the soil? Uh, yes, because even in different areas, let's say Washington, <laughs> Oregon, places that they <laughs> do have rain, <laughs> when, they, when it doesn't rain, they still irrigate. Right. Why? If we could do this here in California, why can't they do it over there? Right. If we can do that in Arizona, why can't they do it over there? Mm. How about why? areas like East Coast where there are 
like today, where they're getting hammered with uh, water. Yes. Well, I would say don't irrigate in rain. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> okay. So right. we, need, we need to get areas that uh, have rain right now to be mm -hmm. able to go into the groundwater. So when mm -hmm. they do have a drought, they have groundwater. Right. California, we're just killing our soils in, in the central, central Valley. Mm -hmm. And that's where we farm. We need to get that water into the ground. This is Julie Barlow, she's a horticulturalist. She taught me about this garden max and she put this on soil so that the plants, uh, soil gets healthy so the plants get healthy. This is nine foot tomato plants in clay soil because it can now drain, water goes right through it. This is Escondido. And Brandywine tomatoes is an heirloom variety. It normally doesn't get that much tomatoes. However, she was able to get 25 pounds per plant, and that's a lot. She had to open up a produce stand just to try to get rid of this stuff. 2.3 pounds for each fruit. That's bigger than normal. Broccoli, cauliflower. And what's exciting about this is normally you change out your plants every year. This is the same plants that she put in three years ago. Oh, wow. wow. The plants still live. New meaning of sustainability. One thing that I see, this turf max, I put three applications on this, this Lipionata flora, which is, it's the common name is Carapia. It's, it's a variety from Japan. Mm. And so three applications of this turf max. This turf max is actually made for turf. Okay. This plant is what they call a dicot. So turf is a, grass is a monocot. One leaf pops out of the ground when it first emerges. Dicots mm -hmm. to the rest, there are two, two leaves pop out. So the Teaming with Microbes book says that in turf areas, grasslands, there's more bacteria to fungus ratio. In woodlands, there's more fungus to bacteria ratio. So the turf max has more bacteria than, than the garden max does. Mm -hmm. So this one, with just with one application, I was able to get this Lipia nodiflora to grow instead of three turf max. But this has about three times, well, this has three times the amount of organic matter than the, the turf max does too. But if you want to save labor, you want to make sure that you put the right one on. And Downer and Ag Advisor says that microbes are bi beneficial microbes are antibiotics, they'll fight plant pathogens. It's just that beneficial microbes will not live in the urban soil because of the compaction. This is USC. The one on the right is treated, the one on the left is not treated, and it's dying because of a disease. It's either called Phytophthora, Verticillium, or Dampening Off. Those are the ones that can kill a color like this. And when you're selling homes, the color really helps show the property. University of Las Vegas used this product. They had problems with capillary movement. You see the CB12 on the left. It's these drip tubings. And this drip tubing, sometimes in certain soils, it just goes straight down. It doesn't go out. So some of the roots is not being irrigated. And they're able to show that using this garden max and the groundbreaker, the water can go out. Now all the plants can be watered. All the roots can be touched. Okay, so this is supposed to be 12 inch spacing. So this is as per recommendation from the manufacturer, but even we don't see it work on some soils. However, with the garden max we do and the groundbreaker. So what's the difference between amendments and the screeners get soil treatments like garden max, turf max. 
amendments you need to dig into the soil. Okay, this garden max, turf max, you just need to put it right on the top. You don't need to dig it inside there. That's the difference. So th these are not considered amendments, it's soil treatments. So one okay. reason why I did this uh, webinar is pretty much to keep people from getting into this artificial grass. This is not going to sink any carbon. In fact, right. it keeps it will kill soil. They put all these inversion layers like I talked about. And how much plas more plastic do we need? Mm -hmm. Where are these artificial turf going? It's going mm -hmm. into the landfill. Yeah. And we can actually treat hillside properties. Landscape contractors said that they can save about 40% water savings. And UC Riverside says they come up with the same 40% water savings in grass. What we, we do is just see roots grow. Mm. And I was able to get drought tolerant plants and go rainwater only. We can make our own watersheds and our food web. What we could see is it will clean the air. We can actually have healthy soil that will clean the air, sink carbon. I thought landscapes were sinking carbon. However, it takes energy to go and pump the water out of the hose. This is something in Huntington Beach where it's electric plant with uh, actually fossil fuels. UC Davis says that we can save energy and reduce greenhouse emissions by cutting back on our water. With rainwater only landscapes, can we be good stewards and have no emissions with our landscapes, clean the air, have our own watershed and save money at the same time? This is a place where you can actually find the products and a distributor that Green As Gets has goes all the way through the continental US and also Hawaii. And just put down the locator and zip code. And if it's not in your area yet, there's no interest actually around your area yet. But the conclusion is beneficial microbes or antibiotics. They'll fight plant pathogens, but they won't live in compacted soils. Permaculture rules, there's no tailing, no digging. Inversion layers will keep the water from going through the soil profile, accumulate toxic salts, and does not let the roots grow deep. High nitrogen fertilizers changes the root to shoot ratio. To achieve rainwater only landscapes, you need living soil and drought tolerant plants. Compaction is the most common limiting factor in urban soils. You need enough micropopulation to achieve quorum sensing for the, uh, the microbes to be able to work together and do something like aggregate the soil particles or bring up the nutrients. It's not how much that you make, it's how much you can keep. So those products, you, can you use it on um the existing garden. For instance, I have some trees that are not doing well, some plants that are not doing well. Can you use them and revitalize? Yes, them? that that's actually what it was made for. Because these products was made to get plants healthy. It mm -hmm. was not made to save water. Right. It was not made to go rainwater only. That was mm -hmm. pretty much my idea. Very interesting. Well, thank you so much, Dane. Um, it was very fascinating uh, to listen to this. I am, you know, it's still a little bit hard to wrap my brain around it, but, um, you know, listening to you would really inspires me that, okay, we got to really take care of our soil. So thank you so much for your inspiration. You. Yeah. Right. Thank you so much. This was Izumi Tanaka with Home Green Homes podcast. Until my next episode.